thousand dollars was Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of Dead and Married. This is Travis. Hey, what's up? I'm Ashley. And this week we're going to be covering the 2015 metal horror film, Deathgasm. <laughs> is that even a subgenre? It is now. <laughs> so this has an IMDb rating of 6.3 out of 10, which is probably on the higher end of the movies that we've covered so far. 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Really. Wow. They know a good movie when they see it. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. And 65% on Metacritic. It was written and directed by Jason Lee Howden. It, some of you may know him. He did Guns Akimbo. Uh, he did visual Love effects. Love that movie. It's a good one. He did the visual effects, or helped with the visual effects, on Lord of the Rings, Avengers, the new Shang-Chi movie that's coming out this year. Wow. Uh, he worked on The Hobbit. He did Man of Steel and Prometheus. Now, obviously, he didn't do those all by himself. Right. Right, but he worked on the visual effects for those movies. So uh, that explains... Some of the stuff that you see in this film. Yeah. So the primary cast in this movie, because there's several characters, but I'm not going to go through all of them. Just really your top five. Uh, is Milo Cawthorn. He plays Brody, mm-hmm. our main protagonist. Mm-hmm. And if you watched Power Rangers RPM, he was the green one. Well, if you watched it in New Zealand anyway. <laughs> I don't. Did they have Power Rangers RPM in the States? From what I, all I, the actors in that show were from. I was a teenager from... when Power Rangers came along, so I didn't give a shit. <laughs> okay, yeah. They, I assume they had that all over the world. And since more than one actor's from New Zealand, I'm assuming that's the version they had in New Zealand. Yeah, nearly all of them are from New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, but he was also in Blood Punch, which came out in 2013. We've never seen that one. No. And then you've got James Joshua Blake. He plays Zach, uh-huh. who is... At the same time, a protagonist and an antagonist, sort of, in this <laughs> in this movie. And, fun fact, he was Thorin's body double in The Hobbit. That's crazy. He doesn't even look like the guy who plays Thorin. Not even close. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> You've got Kimberly Crossman, who plays Medina. Sam Berkeley plays Dion. And Daniel Cresswell plays Giles. Now, like I said, there's several other characters in this movie, but... Some of them, they don't get a lot of screen time, so we may introduce those as we go along. Maybe. One thing that they all have in common, several of these cast members and the supporting crew and all of that were involved in Spartacus, Power Rangers, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and Guns Akimbo. Wow. Lots of Power Rangers running around in here. (laughs) <laughs> Lots of Lord of the Rings people running around. Lots of in orcs. Here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, one of them he was. He was an orc in three different movies or a goblin. Oh. Maybe he was a goblin. In three was that the movies. guy that played Zach? It gave. No. 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 It was. It, it gave the name, uh-huh. but I don't assign names to goblins or orcs in Lord of the Rings. Right. <laughs> So I'm assuming since it had a name, it was a speaking part, but I didn't care enough to look, I'll be honest. Yeah. So even with names you've never really heard of before, they've all been in films that you've probably seen. Right. Kind of impressive. And this is our second film to cover from New Zealand. It is. Yeah, because we did Dead Alive for what, our it second is. And show? And you know what? They've both been horror comedies. Yeah. This is a metal horror comedy. <laughs> well, if there's, if running over a horde of zombies with a lawnmower isn't metal, I don't know what is. <laughs> I think you would have to go back and look at what music was playing in the background. I'm pretty (laughs) sure it wasn't metal. So I'm ready to get into it. Before we go any further, we should probably give the spoiler warning. So let's get that out of the way. All right. And now it's time for your obligatory spoiler warning. We don't just spoil movies here. They are spoiled rotten. So listen at your own risk or turn back now. 
All right. So we open with uh, narration from Brody, our main character, and he's talking about, you know, that metal music that your parents never wanted you listening to, which, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're self-proclaimed I'm, metalheads in this I am house. familiar like, with the metal that your parents didn't want you listening to. Down to, down to our seven-year-old. <laughs> My parents thought Metallica and Alice in Chains was straight-up devil music. Well, before he turned into a trash human being, there were uh, Marilyn Manson posters all over my bedroom, so... I don't know that he qualifies as metal. Uh, depends on who you talk to, I guess. Yeah, no. I vote no. Okay. Anyway. It doesn't matter. He's canceled anyway, so... He's canceled. So, and, and Brody basically is saying, you know, that metal music that your parents didn't want you listening to. Um, and it talks about demons ripping your new asshole and all this other stuff. It's real. I know. I was there. I was there. And then he, he takes dun, us back... Don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> he takes us back to where it all started. And basically, it all starts in the town of Grey Point. Mm-hmm. It says it starts in Grey Point, but then he moves there. But he moves there because apparently his mother went on a meth <laughs> bender and tried to suck off a Santa Claus in a crowded mall. That's the way to start a movie, am I right? <laughs> well, thankfully it doesn't show it. It does show her mugshot, though. Right. It's an interesting mugshot. <laughs> like, she rivals, what, Nick Nolte in that mugshot? Um, I, I guess that's putting it delicately. Yeah. So anyway, she gets committed to a, a, a he says, a mental ward. And he gets sent to live with his aunt and uncle in Grey Point. Middle of ass fuck nowhere. That's what he says. It's the middle <laughs> of ass fuck nowhere in that they are both balls deep in Jesus. <laughs> Their words, not mine. <laughs> but you can tell when he rolls up that they're, they're a very uptight family. Right. And that they're not, you can tell by the way, I'm going to say this and I'm going to get shamed for it, I'm sure. You can tell by the way they look, they're not necessarily going to agree with what he likes. It's very clear that they're from two different worlds. Well, they're very clean cut and wholesome looking and he's like falling out of this cab with all of his uh, metal memorabilia. and With his posters and an amp. Yeah. And he's wearing a, a metal band shirt from some band I've never even heard of. <laughs> yeah. So, Was it Trivium? I feel like he wears a Trivium shirt for most of the movie. No, but Trivium does come up later. <laughs> but it's not a Trivium shirt. I would know those. <laughs> so we skipped one important part here and that's the opening credits so the opening credits oh god are like beavis and butthead and metalocalypse had an animated baby <laughs> yeah so I, I really like those and, I, I i really do like those. and there's a little bit of that yeah. in the closing credits too and i think they did a really good job with yeah. that but anyway so he gets moved in and we're just we go the next day of school right uh-huh. his first day at a new school and what does he see when he first walks up there other than a bunch of kids is his cousin david who's oh, an asshole yes um, he is your movie stereotype jock dick that that's one of my and, and i don't have a lot of complaints about this movie because it obviously is very good but one of the complaints i have is the the stereotypical characters the tropes and he that character in particular i just felt was so over the top i mean i know that bullying exists and it's real but this just felt so like i don't know i have a lot of cousins i mean i'm hispanic so i have a lot of cousins <laughs> and none of us ever treated each other even with our differences in that kind of manner i mean that was just really disturbing to me yeah i, I don't know my, my extended family we're not close but we never did that but anyway so he he sees his cousin david stuffing he calls it a, a, a dice right but then he's, uh-huh. he's corrected after the fact that it's dion right little skinny kind of blonde-headed glasses wearing kid uh-huh. and he informs him that it was a d10 
<laughs> it was a, a D10, Dungeons and Dragons die, uh, that he was attempting to shove up Dion's nose. Yeah. So that tells you what kind of guy David is. Right. Cousin David's a douchebag. So he kind of says, hey, what are you doing? That's not cool. So he stops and I think he gives him a little threat. Uh, but then he, as, as David's walking off, he sees Medina. <laughs> now you just talked about the, the different tropes and the, 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 not typecasting. What am I thinking? Stereotypes. Yeah. She is, but for only half the movie. Yeah. I mean, so there anyway. are, there are a lot of themes in this movie that have been explored ad nauseum. I mean, that's not to say that they're not funny and have their merit, but yeah, it's the typical trope of liking or wanting somebody that's the complete opposite of you and they're out of your league and yeah. that kind of thing. And Medina is the, I guess your stereotypical blonde hair, blue eyed cheerleader. cheerleader She's the hot yeah. chick in school. Yeah. Right. And Dion knows notices him looking and he says there's no way you're gonna hit that yeah she dates apes like your cousin yeah you want to do something completely badass <laughs> i love that <laughs> like he just transitions from you're not gonna get any you want to you want to do something badass yeah. can't talk <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna jump to the thing that's badass can't wait <laughs> And they're sitting in, was it the AV room? Or cafeteria? Sort of unidentifiable or room. I don't yeah. think it was cafeteria because they were the only ones in there. And if you're going to do this, you, you probably should go somewhere where nobody's going to see you do it. <laughs> but. <laughs> Not in this house. <laughs> So you, you get Brody and Dion and our, our last sort of the primary characters, Giles, uh-huh. sitting around a table playing D&D. <laughs> Which, if you talk to our son, it is completely badass. So Yes, he thinks <laughs> D&D should be a sport. Well, to be fair, we have also gotten swept up in this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what you, it's what you have to do in the middle of a pandemic. Okay. You got nothing else to do. So right. you take up D and D. Yeah. So Giles and Dion are arguing over, I don't know what it was. It's like Giles cast a fireball at a fire troll and he got pissed <laughs> off because it didn't do any damage. They lost me on that point, but you get to meet Giles. Giles apparently was suspended once for violating the CPR training dummy. <laughs> Now Brody, Brody's checked out. So he's, I think he's got his headphones on and he's, he's tuned out. He's imagining himself in uh. a, a fur loincloth <laughs> standing on top of a mountain holding up his guitar. Uh, yeah. It's like the, the when most metal, bees or metal something. album cover, whatever, you know, like yeah. he's all He-Man with his guitar on top of the mountain. Yeah. It's like and, a Dio record. <laughs> and Medina. Yeah. And Medina's like wrapped around his leg at the bottom. It's kind of like the Star Wars cover, right? Yeah. The, for, yeah. The first uh, Star Wars. No, not yet. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's showed Luke standing there with the lightsaber yeah. on his head and Leia was Wrapped hanging on to his leg, leg yeah. which is really weird when you consider that, that was his sister. <laughs> right. Like she's really close to his dick for that to be his sister. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. And they were supposed to have all six of these planned out, right? <laughs> of course they did. Anyway. So yeah. And of course he's, he's cool. So he like looks down and sees Medina's wearing a top and he like wags his eyebrows and makes her topless. So this is metal. Mm-hmm. You get some half naked chick hanging onto some dude's leg. He's on a mountain with a guitar, metal in the background. And then they're like, well, what about you? And it snaps him out of it because he wasn't paying attention at all. Right. He was, he was daydreaming. Well, to be fair, I've kind of lulled off during some of our longer sessions myself. Yeah. I just let Aiden talk and nod in the right places. <laughs> think they're the right place. I just roll when I'm supposed to roll and make up something. I wait for him to say, Dad, are you going to roll? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What am I rolling? <laughs> That's terrible. Anyway, so their D&D campaign is interrupted when Dick Cousin David and a friend of his. There's a couple come, of them. There's just one guy. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was just the two of them. It's his his best bosom buddy. Yeah. His balky. <laughs> Come running in and they're like spraying him down with water guns, right? Like a big uh-huh. super soaker kind. And they run off and Giles is like, it's piss. 
I love the way he says it too. It's like, it's piss. It's piss. <laughs> Again? So this is not Again. the first time that David has hosed those guys down with urine <laughs> in a water gun. That's disgusting. I'm sorry. I don't care how either thin or how chunk or whatever I am. Somebody shoots piss at me. I don't care who they are. Like I'm beating the brakes off of somebody. Like I don't even care. Yeah, so definitely, you get hosed down with piss, somebody's going to get a whooping. Oh, yeah, for sure. But we move from there to math class. Guessing it's math class. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really paying attention to what the teacher was writing on the board, much like my original math class that I took in high school. Wasn't really paying attention to all that. But Brody, again, not paying attention to what's going on around him. Mm -hmm. He's doodling. Let me tell you, he's a talented artist. And I'm not the only one that noticed that. The teacher noticed that, that he was doodling in math class. And while he's drawing his Mona Lisa of two demons sticking a hot poker up his math teacher's ass, um, he gets caught. Teacher's like watching him over the shoulder, compliments him even on the shading on the devil penises. And then without skip to beat, he says, detention, and just wads it up and walks off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely got some uh, super bad vibes off of that. A little bit, for sure. There's way too much peen in this movie. <laughs> Fortunately, it's animated peen, not real. So, yay. <laughs> so then, school is mercifully short. There's been, t- there's been movies where they hang out too long at school. This uh-huh. is not one of them. It's like, he went to school, he saved Dion, he played some D&D, he got pissed on, he went to math class, and it's over. So from there, it's Medina. Medina comes out of the school and jumps in the car with David. And David's like, hey, gives her the eyebrows. He's a real Casanova, you want to go hang out? Which means, you want to go bang? <laughs> and she's like, you know, talking about bullying is not really a turn on. And that was something that I immediately appreciated about her character because I feel like in so many movies, you know, maybe the girl doesn't like what the dick is doing, but she never says anything. So when she spoke up and was like, yeah, that's not attractive. I was like, finally, finally somebody tells somebody something. And for half a minute, the guy's like, what? <laughs> he didn't know how to react to that. Yeah. He, he didn't know how to but respond I'm the coolest. to her not agreeing with him. I guess. Yeah. Which is weird because if you look at her personality through the rest of the movie, it doesn't seem like she has a problem with speaking her mind. Uh-huh. So it kind of, it, it, it's odd to me that she would have a problem with that, but I guess she hasn't had a problem with his behavior up to that point. Yeah, well. <laughs> or maybe she just didn't notice it. Because obviously at this point she noticed Brody. Like she, she I saw think him when she walked in. I was going to so. say, I think that's the point is she's already kind of, yeah, taken notice of Brody and been like. Yeah, so he's telling her about he's going to make his life hell on earth. She's like, no, that's not cool. Yeah. So from there, it's a small town, not a lot to do. Brody even kind of comments on it. He's like, the only good thing here is Alien Records. So Brody heads on into uh, Alien Records, and you've got the owner there. who He kind of pops up later, but uh, he's like, so how's everything going? He's like, it's shit. He's like, oh, okay. (laughs) But this is like an old school vinyl place. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says he sells some of the sickest records, which is weird. Like, this is kind of like the shop in uh, Half-Baked, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The one that, uh, what's his name, worked in. Yeah. Who's coming with me, man? So, kind of stands there, you get a little small talk with the the shopkeeper, and he notices the record by Hacks and Sword, which not really relevant at this point, but it will be later in the in the movie. So he sees this other dude and he looks like a metalhead too. He's got kind of the long black hair. He's wearing the was like a leather jacket. He's like, I'm gonna go see what this guy's doing, right? So he goes over there and we get introduced to Zach. Zach's looking through metal records. So Brody kind of sidles up next to him there and he starts kind of looking through the records too and he'll stop at one and Zach will kind of look over there and nod like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then Zach will stop at one and Brody looks at it and he'll kind of nod a little bit and that's cool. And you could, you, it just gives some backstory, some narration 
conversation over, you know, Zach's dad's a mechanic and basically his dad works on the cars. And while he's working on the cars, Zach steals everything in a car that's not bolted down. And then he gets his wrenches and starts unbolting the things that are that he wants. <laughs> so be clear, Zach, not a good guy. Would you would you agree with that? Well, we, we did have a little bit of discussion about this because... <laughs> These guys, like Brody and Zach, would have probably been my type in high school. Um, I was never into the pretty boys or jocks or anything. But at the same time, as an adult now and being a parent, they're also the guys that you look at and you're like, do not even talk to my daughter. (laughs) I've already dug the hole for you, buddy. Yeah. Which is weird because, I don't know, I was almost like one of those guys. Almost. Almost. But anyway, so Zach's a bad dude. And then he says, you want to go do something badass? And what? Brody's More like, D&D? Brody's like, it's not D&D, is it? <laughs> and Zach goes, what's the fuck is D&D? So they go and they make napalm instead. And it kind of gives a half-baked recipe for napalm on the screen. Um, and they burn hail. supposed Satin. to be Satan. <laughs> In the grass in front of the school, but they misspelled it, and it's hail satin in front of the school. Yeah. Which is awesome, I guess. <laughs> right? Satin sheets? I could think of a few Maybe. ones I would love to do that to. Well, okay. <laughs> Full disclosure. Spelled we, correctly, of course. We did do that in a rival football team's field once, but we used Roundup and Salt. <laughs> uh, we did, It wasn't hail satan, though. Anyway, moving on from there, we cut to a garage, and we got Dion playing keyboard, which you could say keyboard's not metal, but in the right hands, it could be. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> not is, I'm just I saying. Feel like, I feel like that was part more part of the new metal phase, not necessarily your death metal phase, which clearly they were trying to emulate. Yeah, these guys are full, full <laughs> death metal. <laughs> but and then what Giles is on the drums uh-huh. um, Brody is supposed to be our guitar player mm-hmm. and Zach shows up okay so we're gonna have a band mm-hmm. so they go through all these names they're throwing out crazy names for a metal band because it's mm-hmm. got to be an awesome metal name cannibal unicorn right and Zach's got it what's up <laughs> deathgasm yeah but I just I can't help but there there's so many of these things that pop up throughout the film with album covers and album names and it just took me back to time when I was a teenager and I would buy Hit Parader magazine like religiously and you would come across like these little albums like they wanted to promote but it wasn't like their big sellers at the time like Korn and Manson and all that stuff so but you'd see these little covers for like Cannibal Corpse and it was like the most disgusting artwork you'd ever seen like entrails and you know just really gross shit. Some of them got pretty gross. Yeah they did. (laughs) It was all about the shock value. Yeah. So, yeah, Zach comes in and he comes up with the name Deathgasm. And immediately Brody's like, well, what about... And Zach's all, I said Deathgasm! (laughs) All spelt in capitals. Lowercases for pussies. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, they're they're not... It doesn't sound bad, right? And then Brody's supposed to rock out a solo and he struggles with it. He's got performance anxiety or something. And Zach kind of calls him out and he's like, well, it's been a while. Yeah, I'm roasty. Yeah, so practice is over. So, that's the thing is that on the front side, this film moves pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Like they they're they're moving through. Yeah, introductions you... are really quick, and our basic setup is really fast. Yeah, they're just getting you to I guess the meat of the story or what it, what it's really about. Mm-hmm. So they move through this stuff pretty fast. And Brody and Zach are kind of walking down the road, and Zach's like, "Hey, I need you to come with me and do something. You're gonna be my lookout." So they break into Ricky Dagger's house. If you want to imagine Ricky Dagger's, think Iggy Pop. He looks like Iggy Pop. 
Right. Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, the first time I watched this, I thought Iggy Pop was playing Ricky Daggers. But uh-huh. it's totally different. It's not him. It's an actor. And but. he's the singer for that band, Hacks and Sword, right? The album that Brody saw in the... He is. Yeah. He is in the, the singer store. for it. So they get to the house there, and Zach's like, you're a lookout. And he goes and breaks into the into the house, and then Brody's like, well, I'm, I'm going in. <laughs> yeah. And so he, he goes in anyway, tries to climb in the window, gets his foot caught in the sink, falls down. I, I don't know how Ricky Daggers didn't wake up just from that entrance alone. Drugs. It must have been the drugs. <laughs> lots and lots of drugs. Right. So he runs into Zach, scares him to death, like blood pee, scares him. <laughs> and they go into this room and they see Ricky Daggers laying on like this filthy mattress on the floor. The room's full of old amplifiers, like floor to ceiling. And they notice that he's holding a Hacks and Sword album. Now this is supposed to be the most metal metal album ever meddled, mm-hmm. right? That's right. So Zach wants to steal it because Zach steals. And he goes over there and he's trying to snake it away from him. And Ricky wakes up, comes at him with a bat. And I don't know. I don't remember the whole dialogue. It's Ricky Daggers calls him cunts a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, cunts. Yeah. But basically he wants to kill them. And he says, Aeon sent you, didn't he? So foreshadow much. Anyway, now you cut to the outside. Some dude in a suit shows up, comes into the house. And uh, Ricky Dagger says, you know, they're here. So he hands him, he says, take this, take the record. He gives him the record. Guard it with your life. Guard it with your life. So they leave. Henchman breaks in, kills Ricky Daggers. I mean, that one's that one's pretty short and sweet. Goes in there, cuts his throat. Now we're back in the garage because again, we're moving fast. We're gonna get through this through this story, and it's just Zach and Brody sitting there, and they take the record out, and lo and behold, what is this record that came out of the Hacks and Sword sleeve? It's Rick Astley. <laughs> they got Rick rolled by Ricky Daggers. <laughs> Actually, they got I think it was that by Rick. <laughs> Yeah, they got rickrolled by Rick. But a paper falls out, and they kind of ignore it at first. Zach's just pissed that it's a Rick Astley record and not... Uh, well, what was it? There were only like 666 copies, and yeah. they were all sold or something. Yeah, except for this is supposed to be the last one, I guess. Yeah, it's supposed to be like an extremely last, rare find. The last original copy. Yeah. But um, Brody picks it up, unfolds it, and he's like, what is that? And he's like, it's music. It's really old. It's got a Latin name. He can't say it. So it's like, we should play this. Yeah, it should be one of, well, <clears throat> be one of our tracks. Yeah, we could, we could play this, turn it into a Deathgasm song. Cool. So we go from there to some really nice, expensive, sort of California-looking house. Mm-hmm. A lot of open space, a lot of light. There's a guy sitting behind a desk and looking, you know, from the desk's perspective, sort of towards the door. You can see these two guys, like, in robes with his masks on, standing on either side. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the henchman that killed Ricky Daggers comes in, walks up there, and he basically says, we fucked up. And I gotta say, this, this guy, our main, well, for a time, our main uh, antagonist, he reminds me of Anton LaVey. <laughs> Like, I don't know if that was purposely done, but yeah, he, that, uh, what was he? He, like, headed this satanic church or something. It was like, I'm gonna bring up Manson again for the 50th time, but, like, they were best buds or something, but I didn't know if that was a conscious effort on their part, but the guy totally reminded me of him. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know that guy. <laughs> so the the henchman, who we learned his name is Vaden. Vaden. Mm-hmm. V-A-D-I-N. I don't know how you're supposed to say that. Anyway, he comes up and he was like, I had him, but I lost him. And that, that's basically the, the whole thing. He, he's explaining and he's like, if I have more time and blah, 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 blah. And Aeon's like, eh, just kill him. So the two cloaked figures come over. Vaden's already on his knees. So they like bend his head forward, cut his head off. And Aeon is like, oh, come on. That's a custom-made Satori rug, idiots. <laughs> I don't know what a Sartori rug is. Do you? No. I, I just know that it really tied the room together. It probably did. I'm sure the dude would agree. The Not dude a abides. Sartori rug. <laughs> you put a 
top down first. Do it again. So <laughs> this does this not is, make a bit of sense to me. Yeah, but this is hilarious. <laughs> so they've already cut the guy's head off, and there's blood all over the rug. Right. <laughs> and they, the two guys just kind of stand there and look at each other. They don't know what to do. So right. they get the tarp, do it again. Are you serious? <laughs> so they go get the tarp. They put it down over the blood. Uh-huh. And the other guy picks the head up. It kind of holds it back up to the neck while yeah. the other guy like fake cuts it with a sword and then he just, just like throws rolls the head on the tarp. Yeah. He's like, see, that's better. I did like that bit. That was pretty good. And that was just nuts. That's good. Yeah, I think that worked. And now Aeon's satisfied with the method of their beheading. And you see this woman basically come up from under the desk. Mm-hmm. Right. And I I don't know what her name is. I don't know that they ever actually say her name in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's credited, but there's two or three other female characters named. So I'm not sure which one she is. But she's relevant later. She pokes her head up, kind of looks over to see what's happening. He just pushes her head back down. And they're going to Grey Point. Mm-hmm. So from there, we go to the forest because I guess they've got it worked out how they're going to do the music because they're making their music video and they've got great costumes. Basically, they ripped off Kiss. They're wearing... Uh, I don't know if I'd say Kiss Like black tights and band shirts and, you know, they put their foot up on the tree and one of them's got like a star over one eye and one of them's got whiskers. Well, I think the, I think our two main guys, they were legitimately trying to go for the whole uh, Norwegian corpse paint type of thing and your other two nerdy guys, they don't know what the hell they're doing so naturally they lean over to kiss they have no clue and i I don't know how they make music videos but clearly like they're not actually playing because they're in the forest and the thing's plugged in so they're like putting their foot up on rocks and on trees and just air guitaring Mm -hmm. i don't know is that is that how is that a thing is that how they do it (laughs) i don't know i haven't watched a lot of death metal music videos i have no idea And then they just put the track over the top of it. Either way, they finish up filming their terrible music video. And they're headed home. They're sitting in a, like a gas station parking lot, packing all the stuff in the trunk of, I guess it's Zach's car. Mm-hmm. And they run into Medina. Medina's coming out, stops, talks to Brody. Of course, Brody's still got his corpse paint on. And she's like, I was going to get some ice cream. So he's like, yeah, that'd be cool. And they have that. Well, they have a very awkward meet where he runs like right into her and knocks all this shit out of her bag and and helps her pick it up. And he's like standing there for a few minutes, like hanging on to a tampon, and he didn't even notice it. So that was pretty funny. And she's just like, "Oh, I can have that back." Right. <laughs> and of course, the the guys are acting like douches behind uh, Medina's back, and they're like mimicking banging. They're and they're, <laughs> they're performing a lot of like sex act looking stuff behind him. Yeah, like, like as bros do, I guess. Yeah, they're wanting to get down so they go get ice cream and then this is i think this is a good shot honestly i don't know what it would be from like a film school perspective but just the contrast of her like the cheerleader sitting on the bench next to this metalhead wearing corpse paint eating ice cream um those are literally my two personalities trying to coexist it's (laughs) oh okay but it's it's funny it's funny to see it and they start with just some small talk they're they're trying to sort of a how's the weather type of conversation and then she says well you know i'd, I'd like to get a tattoo and you should design it right because so, she really enjoyed the artwork that he made in yeah. class well she took his, his drawing out of the trash uh-huh and and gave it back to me and that's all wrinkled up but she wants him to design the tattoo and so she's like pulling her shirt down a little bit maybe it could go here and pulling her skirt up and maybe it could go here yeah very suggestively she's not being subtle right. about this at all 
but he doesn't really catch it. He just gets uncomfortable. Yeah. And won't look at her. Yeah. So she's clearly interested. And then she's like kind of asked to explain metal. Do you like metal? And he gives one of the best explanations of metal I think I've ever heard. It's like when life sucks and, and you feel alone and empty. Stick on some metal and life is better because because somebody else knows the pain and, and the rage that you're going through. You know? He also goes through like every genre, which I thought was funny because I felt like that's me trying to explain the many subgenres of horror films. Like, to me? E- well, to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> to anybody because there's like thousands of them, I mean, at this point. Well, you know, if you ask me, there's many kinds of metal, but <laughs> horror movies are just horror movies. So anyway, but yeah, he, he's telling her about metal and she's like, well, you know, that sounds cool. And he's like, well, here, let me, let me uh, loan you a, a CD because they still listen to like Discmans yeah. there in New Zealand. I don't know. This is supposed to be 2015 and there's, yeah. And they had, nobody's got an iPod. Nobody's got a phone. Like I don't get it yeah. either way. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's supposed to take place. Maybe it's more metal if you're listening to it on CD. It's more metal if you're listening to it on vinyl. Maybe. No. I don't, I don't think so. But anyway. We'll agree to disagree on CDs versus vinyl or digital music. But from there, we go back to the garage. And we got our four, I hesitate to call them heroes, but our four main characters. And, you know, I kept thinking throughout this whole thing, like, this is Aiden and his friends. It really is. (laughs) Like, you got all these kids that are wearing, like, metal shirts, but they're playing D&D in their spare time. Well, technically, Zach doesn't even know what it is. It's true, but... And and Brody was thinking about being half-naked on a mountain. With a volcano behind him. But yeah, I could see Aiden and his friends doing that. So I guess he he decides he can play the music, right? Music's pretty universal, Mm -hmm. according to him. And he can play it, and it's actually called the Black Hymn. Now, he hasn't deciphered the Latin at the top to get the actual name yet. And they ask uh, Dion, right? And Dion's like, I don't know. I don't know Latin. Not important now. Will be later. So they start to play it. And when they start to play it, you get the lights begin to flicker. And you get like a little bit of electricity running across stuff. And storm clouds start to come up. uh, Bugs start crawling out from under shit. And I actually really like the sound of this of this song. It, it sounds, sounds really good. cool. Yeah, I don't know who wrote it, but there were there were several artists credited for music on this uh, movie. But, and the uncle, like, is having a physical reaction to it, right? Yeah, because he... He starts to turn, but we don't know that they're going to turn yet. He went outside to basically bang on their garage door and tell them to cut it out. Yeah, but it has a physical effect on him. But it does not seem to affect any of the four that well, are there playing Well, no, that's it, really. not necessarily true because... Not this time. They weren't foaming at the mouth this not time. Not this time. Okay. But the garage door is closed. So, they're playing. Cut to Medina. She's walking down the sidewalk listening to, I don't know, Britney Spears or Katy Perry or some shit. And she decides she's going to give it a try. So she pops her metal CD in and... Whoa! Guess where she goes? To the mountain. So now it's her standing on a mountain with her battle axe or guitar or whatever over her head with a girl on each leg. Now, I have to say, like, their reactions to what it's like when you hear metal for the first time are pretty damn accurate. Like, I, I can remember, like, hearing certain songs and just being completely blown away, like, oh my god, what is this? However, I never bit into a York peppermint patty and pictured myself on top of a mountain with two girls wrapped around my leg. <laughs> You've never done that? No. You're listening to the wrong metal. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> so, in class, because we're back in school, and Brody's sitting at his desk. Only he's not doodling this time. He's working really hard at not paying attention to math, but he's trying to translate this Latin song title. And then, that's it. Like, that's it for school, mm-hmm. basically. He runs into David when he's walking home, and David and his buddy attack him. Tell him, basically, don't don't talk to Medina. You leave my girl alone. And they rip his earring out and beat the shit out of him. And Brody was supposed to have met up with Medina that night 
for, I guess, like a little date. And that's not yet. That's after this. They talked about it beforehand. They did. She pat. She ran into. That happened after that. So like it shows him getting beat up and then it goes to Zach siphoning diesel out of a vehicle. Actually, Medina oh, walks up on him okay. and she's like, are you stealing petrol? And he's like, it's diesel. And she was like, don't you feel bad? And he's no. <laughs> but yeah, she asked if he's seen Brody. And can you give him this note? Doesn't show what the note is, but I mean, clearly she wants she wants to meet him, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, that's that's it. Like real short clips of these interactions between people. So you see beat up Brody walking home. His life is shit. He gets back to his aunt and uncle's house. And it, that night it shows Zach actually going to meet Medina. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like back at the same bench they were eating ice cream on. Brody and Medina were eating ice cream on. And he tells her that Brody is not interested in her. What a dick thing to do. Yep. And then she's cold, so he gives her his jacket, and it's like, hey, you want a drink? Because he's got this hip flask that he carries around all the time. And, yeah, cut back to Brody. He's in his trashed room, because apparently beating his ass wasn't enough. Cousin David went there and trashed his room, too. Like, ripped his posters and just tore through his crap all over the room. this guy's really such a piece of shit. And then back to the bench again, it's Zach and uh, Medina making out. He's like putting his hand up her leg and she moves it and then he goes for boob and she lets him stay there. And it doesn't show it, but it's pretty much implied that they hook up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's some sex. So then the next day, (laughs) because we're like, I don't know. I could have spent some more time, I think, with the character development in this movie because they just move through it really quick. I mean, you kind of get enough to identify who each character is and what kind of moves them around. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the stuff was really short. So we're back in the garage the next day and Zach's like, hey, who did that to you? And he was like, don't worry about it. And he was like, whoever, just tell me who it is. I'll beat their ass. (laughs) And Brody's like, don't worry about it. That's just, that's something I find very confusing about Zach's character is it's established like pretty early on that they're like best fucking friends forever. But then he does this thing with Medina, but then he's very quick to try to protect him right after that. And it's, it's, it's so, it's almost jarring for him to keep going back and forth between, you know, I'm your loyal best friend who will protect you. Oh, by the way, I'm fucking your girlfriend. Well, Brody is lawful good (laughs) and Zach is chaotic neutral, remember? (laughs) Right. It hasn't come up yet, but Dion lays it out for us later. But no, I agree. Zach is just totally, he's he's bipolar almost in his actions. He's a wild card. Um, He just does whatever he wants to do. And he, he doesn't care how it affects anybody else. So they start playing the black hymn again. The lights start to flash again. Only now you see the the four bandmates kind of go into a trance. Um, The uncle starts to vomit blood Mm -hmm. in the house and then the garage door pops open Mm -hmm. on its own. And then you can, you get the, you can see that the sound is coming out of the garage and it's spreading through the neighborhood. And it kind of shows a sort of a montage, I guess you'd say, of different people all over town uh, vomiting blood and get sick, having a major physical reaction to this music and the band starts to foam at the mouth while they're playing but they're you know they're 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 all cracked out and then they pass out so when they wake up brody gets up pops up and he's like hey do i look different and they're like no you still look like you he's like shit it didn't work but didn't really explain necessarily what that means but we know that after he translated the song title of the black hymn the actual title it was supposed to give him power mm-hmm. he was supposed to become more powerful and, and be able to influence his surroundings and all this stuff and we're back at school like just cut 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 and Brody's in the bathroom and then david's buddy that curly haired guy mm-hmm. that's spraying piss on kids and ripping earrings out and helping david be a dick shows up in the bathroom but like his eyes are gone mm-hmm. and He's got the, like, evil dead zombie teeth or demon teeth. Yeah. And and he tells him, basically, you're all going to die. But he doesn't do anything to him. He just leaves. (laughs) Well, I I did like this bit because he just kind of keeps 
rolling up to him and then he'll roll away and then he'll roll back up to him. So he was clearly on his skateboard off camera or something. Yeah, but they I had just... him on a dolly and he would just like slide up <laughs> and slide out. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I did enjoy that. It was pretty good. So back in the classroom, same math class. Apparently he's only got one class at school and it's math. <laughs> and the teacher's up there just writing, I don't know, like demon language, something, scribbling on the chalkboard. And one of the girls asked him if he's okay. And he like shits blood. <laughs> Like, he's wearing shorts, which is weird. I don't know. I never, other than the coaches, no teacher wore shorts. Well, that's, um, maybe it's maybe he's there. a coach, too. Maybe he's a coach. They don't teach math. Anyway, <laughs> they teach history and economics. But <laughs> Geography. <sorry. laughs> so, yeah, one of, the, one of the girls asks, are you okay? And he just turns around and, like, vomits blood all over. Like, yeah, just, and she's wearing a white sweater, too. So it's Absolutely like... <laughs> soaks her. So that night, Brody and Zach are hanging out in a van. We haven't seen a van before, but as it pans out, you see they're in the garage, in his dad's garage. And he's, you know, Medina ignored me today. I guess Brody passed her, and she just kind of brushed him off. And he's he's confused by it. But she did look upset as she was doing it, though. Like, but she felt guilty. But he didn't notice that. Yeah. But, yeah, she's probably feeling bad that she hooked up with Zach. But mm-hmm. at the same time, she's probably pissed that Brody's not interested. So she's got some conflicting emotions here. Brody doesn't know about it yet. So that's as far as we get to go in there, because the dad is over, like, banging his head against the wall mm-hmm. he's got what like a shirt on his face something covering his head or his eyes his eyes and they go over there he's like dad let me help you get the shirt off so as soon as they pull it off you see his eyes are gone well that's the thing is like uh david's buddy and even the teacher in class all those all these people have turned are all wearing sunglasses like they're light sensitive or right. something but when you remove the cover their eyes are gone yeah so dad's possessed and then we get the first real, I don't know if you want to call him a zombie, really? Like, it's a demon. But uh, Yeah, I think it's demon. I just feel like if we say demon fight, they're going to think like horns and a tail and shit. Yeah, and that's no. not it. Think It's, it's more like a evil It's evil more dead, like evil dead. Evil yeah. dead type possession. So they have this fight and, and the dad of... goes after Zach and he's like holding him. So Brody grabs a grinder and it's like grinding his face. Um, and they finally knock him down and Zach drops an engine on his head. So you want to talk about the effects? Because I was impressed. Well, I was going to say... Speaking of Evil Dead, this, the way that the, these, this whole scene with Zack's dad is shot, it was very obviously inspired by the likes of Evil Dead. Like these little quick shots, you know, and close ups and all that. It was just very, you know, chainsaw, tool shed type of, you know. Very. Yeah. The way they move the camera around and the way they cut it together, very reminiscent of the Evil Dead series. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the creature effects were good. The makeup was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the effects in this movie are right. pretty great. You know, I mean, when it first opens, you you get kind of a low-budget sort of feel to mm-hmm. it. But when you move into the effects, they're they're good. Mm-hmm. I got no complaints about it. I, I don't know. I, I don't have anything negative to say about it. I feel like they did no, a good job no, with the whole thing. No, I, I feel like everything they did was pretty great. And, and while this may have been a lower budget, maybe not low budget, but on the lower end. Mm-hmm. They did. They worked well with what they had. You could take the makeup effects, put them in a higher budget movie, and it wouldn't look out of place. Yeah. Feel pretty good about it. And so they're standing there looking, and Zach's like, sorry. Or Brody. Brody tells Zach, I'm, you know, I'm sorry about your dad. And Zach says, well, I think that's how he would have wanted to go out. <laughs> like, we're really not doing this justice. The the New Zealand humor, it's, I think the delivery's just dry. Mm-hmm. It's almost British in its delivery. Yeah. But it's hilarious when you see it so I don't feel like we're conveying that very well but the the interactions the dialogue is a lot of this movie I think mm-hmm. so anyway Brody tells Zach about the song you know 
was supposed to make me powerful. It was supposed to do this. We don't know what the hell's going on. You know, I think maybe we uh, we might have summoned the devil. And, and basically, can't... it's my fault that your dad's dead. Yeah. And Zach doesn't seem to be affected by that at all. Uh, he has a minute there where he's kind of, he, he is kind of pissed, but he just seems to kind of get over it kind of quick. Well, it doesn't really affect him much. So he doesn't care. Yeah. He just moves right on. So the only person they can think of that's going to know anything about it is Abigail, the, the wife of the, uh, the guy that owns now. Alien Records. Yeah. So as they're driving there, they see people being attacked. And this is like a, what's the remake? Is it the Dawn of the Dead remake? Day of the Dead? The one in the mall. <laughs> The one with Ving Rhames in it. <laughs> uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, whatever. Night, dawn, day. Dawn of the Dead. They, because it, it shows that, like when she's leaving her house, you know, she's trying to get out and there's like, she's driving through a little suburban neighborhood and people are all getting attacked by various zombies and their shit burning. It's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Don't know if they did it like that on purpose or not, but yeah, as they're driving through town, they see different people being attacked by these possessed uh, individuals. But we're going to get away from the drive for just a second and go to Dion and Giles. Dion and Giles are in the front yard of uh, Brody's aunt and uncle's house. And he leaves a note. We were here. We're headed to school before my dad turned into a demon where he said, you know, you should always go to the school in case of an emergency. But they get attacked by a possessed person in the front yard. And Dion is wearing Hulk hands as a weapon. I'm just telling you they came prepared. <laughs> so... <laughs> Either, yeah, they were not ready for this. So Giles has got a paintball gun. And yeah, Dion is wearing Hulk hands. Yeah. You guys remember those? They were like this big puffy. Aiden had some. Yeah. He had some when he was a little guy. He, yeah. There's this big foamy gloves that you put your hands in. And I think that when you hit them, they made sound effects, you know, like Hulk yeah, they sounds. Made and... Incredible Hulk noises <laughs> when you hit stuff. It was fantastic. So this is what they brought to the zombie battle. I'm bringing a little, something a little bit stronger than Hulk hands. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. And a paintball gun. So Giles shoots the the demon with the paintball gun. He's like, ah, this is shit. It's not working. So he grabs Dion's uh, D&D dice. Die. Aiden's going to kill me. What is it? Die. Yeah. And loads them into the paintball gun and like embeds a D20 in the guy's forehead. And they're like, well, that didn't work. Guys, I'm just going to say this movie has some of the weirdest, most inventive weapons I have ever seen. And we are fixing to get into that more. But I just said fixing. Like oh. how how Texan can I be? Um, they're they're going to use those in the f- more inventive weapons in the future. It's ridiculous. And this D20 is just the start. I don't know that it was a D20, but... Okay. Shit, they all look alike. Anyway, yeah, I'd say Hulk hands and a paintball gun for killing demon zombies is probably the least inventive thing we see in this movie. But these two guys are about to be attacked because Giles and Dion, not really equipped to survive a demon apocalypse, but it's cool because Medina shows up and cuts the demon's head in half vertically Mm -hmm. with an axe. And they're like, that's cool. That's badass. So we're back with Brody and Zach. We just go straight back to them. They're alien records. They find Abigail. She's been injured. And she says, Aloth is the king of the demons. And Zach's like, or uh, Brody. Brody's like, well, I kind of played this song. And she's like, well, you just fucked all of us. Good job. Well, we left out the part when they first go there. They find out that she's psychic. She reads tarot cards. She reads tea leaves. Yeah. That sort of thing. She's, she does. So this is the reason they went back to she talk does to horoscopes her. for board housewives, I think is what he said. Yeah. Yeah. I think he said that. But he's, she said, he's like, when's it going to be complete? She's like, well, it's at the devil's hour. When's the devil's hour? 3 a.m. Wait, 3 a.m. Pacific or Eastern time? Do demons recognize daylight savings? Do demons observe daylight savings? <laughs> Which is interesting because, you know, there's a lot of movies out there. Right. Where they say, we've got a certain deadline for this demon thing 
thing or this whatever thing, and they never bother to find out about daylight savings. I think it was really conscientious of them to bring that up. But if you put Mjolnir in an elevator, will the elevator still move? It's not worthy. See? Unanswered <laughs> questions. So there's a talking to Abigail. All of a sudden, like, there's a fist comes through her chest from behind, and her heart gets ripped out. And it's Byron, her husband, that just ripped her heart out. And he eats it. So we're back with Medina, Dion, and Giles. And they're in the yard, and they're like, okay, so we're all together now. Let's go to the school. So is there is they're going to the school, and I think it cuts back and forth kind of between those three and Zach and uh, Brody moving throughout the town, and the town's burning, basically. It's, it's full apocalypse mode. So David's buddy, the curly-haired guy meets with Aeon. Aeon and his entourage, including the lady with the dark hair that was under the desk, have made it to Grey Point. And he tells them, we need to destroy the song. And they're like, well, why, why would we want to do that? Because apparently the song is the key to stopping everything that's going on. Well, Aeon wants to become the vessel. And the demon explains that whoever the blackest soul is nearby mm-hmm. when uh, Aeloth, I think those names are too close together because I got them mixed up the first time around, uh, that Aeon will basically possess that person. That'll be their vessel. Mm-hmm very supernatural of them all. And when she hears this, this dark-haired lady just kills him. She kills Aeon. She's like, okay, now I'm the blackest soul around. Mm -hmm. But no, she's not. (laughs) As we find out. So, back in the car, it's uh, Brody, uh, Bodie, Brody, fuck a neck, I get the names wrong. (laughs) Anyway, Brody Brody. and Zach (laughs) are back in the car and they're arguing about what to do because when they were at the the record shop, the pages of the song flew out the window. Mm -hmm. Or someone went back to his house. And so, do we get the song? Never mind. That's wrong. They were arguing about what to do. Do we leave and just watch it burn? Or do we go back to my house and get the song? So they're arguing about it. Brody wants to go get the song. Zach's like, fuck these guys. I just want to go sit on the hill and watch the town burn drink beer. So I mean, that's probably what I do. I probably would have gone with Zach. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> But anyway, so Brody yells at him, stop the car. And he gets out and he starts walking. And Zach finally is like, fine, we'll go. And we're going to go back to Brody's house. So Zach walks up to the door first. He finds the note on Brody's uncle's house. And he just like tosses it, right? Mm-hmm. So we know, obviously now, Zach not good with notes at all. So... We move into the house, and it's time for the aunt and uncle zombie fight. Not zombies. They're possessed. They're demons. They're demons. So, in the aunt and uncle's, they're, they're there, and it's like, so let's go hide. So, they both run into the aunt and uncle's room, and aunt and uncle demons are trying to get in through the door. We got to find weapons. They start digging around in the closet. They haul out a box that says church stuff. What's in the box of church stuff? <laughs> I'm going to make you say it. What's in the box of church stuff? Well, in this very sanctimonious box, in this very sanctimonious house, owned by very sanctimonious people, is a bunch of dildos. Every sex toy. They've got every (laughs) sex toy. They've got vibrators and anal beads and double-ended dildos. They got everything. Yeah. Like, they were loaded for bear. Yeah. And it just that, and it may be another trope, but it's kind of that whole thing about, you know, the cool... The, the most quiet ones are the biggest freaks or the most, um, the most, use the word sanctimonious again, but you know, the most preachy people are usually the worst scum ever. So in my experience, I have found that to be mostly true. So good on them. <laughs> right. Well, so they gear up <laughs> with dildos and like, I don't know, like Brody's got the double-ended black dildo. <laughs> if you've ever seen Requiem for a Dream, think about the end of the movie. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> And Zach is swinging anal beads around like it's a bolo. <laughs> like, it's hilarious. And like true warriors, they just wade right in there fighting aunt and uncle. He's like, Zach's hitting him with the anal beads. Uh, Brody is beating him over the head with a dildo. And they realize these really 
are not working. Spurs like, I'll be back. So he goes to the garage and he finds a chainsaw, which is awesome. Chainsaws and killing demons go together. Right. At least they do if you're Ash, not so much if you're Brody, because there's a good like three minute scene of him trying to get the damn thing started. Right. Which is true life. It is very accurate. That is true life right there. When you need the damn thing, it's not going to start. And you're pulling it for 15 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Chainsaws, push mowers, weed eaters. Weed eaters. <laughs> it's pretty much the same. Bane of my existence. <laughs> So he's like, and it shows all the different ways he's pulling it, like sitting on the ground with it between his feet, trying to pull on it, standing on it. He finally gets it started, charges into the house, falls down, drops it. Yep. (laughs) Because what else are you going to do? So this is where they separate. Brody is in the living room, family room, whatever, with his aunt. And he's got a chainsaw, sort of. It's on the floor. And Zach gets pulled into the bedroom or goes into the bedroom and lures the uncle along with him. So you get to see Zach first where he's fighting the uncle and he kills him with a dildo. I just, I don't don't know what else to say about that. He killed a demon with a dildo. Like I said, inventive weapons. Back in the living room, Brody, (laughs) moving along, (laughs) back in the living room, Brody is fighting with his aunt and Brody manages to stab the ant like through the stomach with the chainsaw, but it doesn't do anything. It doesn't stop her, right? You got to, what, destroy the brain, I guess, even though they're not zombies. So she takes him down and, well, she cut his hand with her thumbnail. And he lets go of the chainsaw, it comes out. She gets down, she's on top of him, and he's kind of fighting, trying to keep her from biting him, and he grabs the only two weapons that he can find that are close at hand and uses them to kill her by sticking a vibrator in each ear. One of them's rotating. (laughs) Must be the rabbit. He's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to ask why you know that. He stabs her in the ears with a pair of vibrators. And yeah, one of them's rotating. It's... I don't know where to go from there. I don't know what to say about that. This is the first movie I've ever seen two demons get killed with sex toys. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. The thing that makes it funny is how seriously Brody and Zach are taking this whole thing. You know what I mean? It's not like it is tongue-in-cheek, but for them it's it's serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like they're giving the whole fourth wall break, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean, know what I mean, to the audience while they're doing it. They're they're using these as viable weapons. So, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not as funny as I thought it was, but I laugh. <laughs> I've laughed every time I've watched it. So Anyway, aunt and uncle have been Well, vanquished. I mean, to be fair, he takes that big black sucker and he really gets some yonder on it when he's, you know, full on yeets people upside the face. I know, but it didn't do it. <laughs> It didn't do it. So hit him in the head with a five-pound dildo and we'll stab him <laughs> near with a vibrator. That'll do it. But either way, as they go to his room to get the song, the wind blows and the pages are sucked out the window and magically, well, not magically, but the pages are spread all over town. So like, fuck, now we got to get it. But first, we got to get weapons. So back to the garage. He's got his chainsaw. They find a weed eater. They find all kinds of shit and a roll of duct tape. So they just start duct taping power tools together. As a matter of fact, he duct tapes a drill to his guitar. Yeah. Like at the top of the fretboard where the, the tuning knobs are. How do you still play guitar with a fucking drill duct tape to it? I, I don't know. I have no idea. But either way, he does it. So you get your kind of Ash versus the Evil Dead sort of weapon montage there, except they don't do it as well as he does. And they basically drive around killing demons and getting the pages back. I mean, that's what you see. Sort of a, a zombie land kind of thing. They're going for the zombie kill of the week. I mean, Tallahassee wins every time, but, you know, give them credit, they tried. So they get the last page. It's actually at the school where they collect it. And when they go in, they meet Medina, Dion, and Giles because they're, of course, already there. And Dion and Giles are playing D&D. So they're at the school, and Medina notices that Zach's hand's wounded, so she takes him off to the side. And Dan's like, oh, it's cool, you got her note. And they were like, no, no note. 
We didn't see a note. So again, Zach dropped the ball and passing messages. But while Medina is patching up Brody's hand, Brody sees that she has Zach's jacket. And he's like, what's going on? Medina tells him that, well, Zach said you weren't interested. And Zach, Brody's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm very interested. He's like, so did you hook up? And she kind of has this sort of like she's ashamed kind of look on her face. As well, she should be. And Brody's pissed. <laughs> you finally see him break. As you, you know should what I mean? be. <laughs> he's mad. And I don't blame the guy. So he goes after Zach and he's like yelling at him. And I thought you were friends and you knew I liked her. And Zach's like, it's not a big deal, man. I'm not even into her. I was just bored. Yeah. Like, that's supposed to make it better. They go all Dawson's Creek in this heavy metal monster movie. Yeah, they kind of do. <laughs> but that just, that excuse. I'm not even into her. I was just bored. Wow. But apparently that was enough for Brody. Because he decides, I'm going to fight this guy. Which is interesting because outside of zombies, it's the first time you see him actually stand up for himself to anyone. Mm-hmm. He starts off pretty good. Like he lands a punch. They kind of wrestle around a little bit, but Zach's like twice the size of Brody. Right. And Zach kind of just beats his ass. And he's like, fuck you guys. I'm out. And he leaves. Well, so now Brody's got his pride and his face. Both hurt. Real yeah. bad. So Brody, Medina, Dion, and Giles are like, hey, we got to play the song backwards. Uh, we need some amps. And ours are busted back in the garage. Ours are blown out. He's like, I know. Brody knows where to go get some amps. They're old as shit, but maybe we can make them work. And that's back at Ricky Dagger's house. So they go back there and find out that the cult is already there. Female cult member catches up with them. She's like, I want the song. And she says the name of it. Her pronunciation's horrible. And Dion corrects her. No, it's actually this. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because when they were in the garage and Brody was like, I don't know what this says. Dion's, I don't speak Latin. But clearly he does because he took this opportunity to show off and correct her pronunciation. Can you that in the whole time. So, they threatened to kill Medina. He was fine up till that point. They grab Medina. They're like, we're going to kill her if you don't give the pages. So, of course, that's his lady. So, he gives up the pages and the female cult leader now, mm-hmm. uh, wish I knew which <coughs> character she was credited as, she just tears them all up. So, they tie up Brody and Medina and Dion and Giles and they're all standing around in a circle doing the cult thing, you know, chanting, singing Kumbaya. And while they're laying on the floor trying to figure out what they're going to do, Ricky Dagger's corpse gets up. Now, this is the only animated corpse we see in the movie. Mm-hmm. Correct? I think so. All the rest of them were living people that got possessed by demons and their yeah. eyes fell out of their head or however that shit worked but none of them had eyeballs you know what kind of reminds me of him die so he's the only but if he's a reanimated corpse why weren't there more i don't know but you know what their eyes kind of remind me of is um the end of event horizon sam neil sam neil's character yes. they kind of kind of had the same look where it was like almost like the eyes were shut not so much like the eyeballs were gone but it almost looks like they're fused shut like it's a weird it's hard to explain but if you've seen event horizon and you know what sam neil looks like at the end of that movie you got you get a pretty good idea of what that looks yeah, maybe like maybe we need to do that movie sometime i i think it's on the list yay <laughs> so ricky dagger's corpse attacks them and they're trying to fight him off sort of the best they can and zach comes to the rescue. He's wearing face paint and everything. He went back, put his corpse paint on, and kills Ricky Daggers. He's got like a chainsaw on each hand. How he managed to get them both started and keep them running at the same time, I have no idea talented guy. He unties everybody. Brody and Zach kind of reconcile, you know, sort of make up. They do the like secret handshake with the devil horns. But Medina, using common sense, she's like, so you, you left and then you decided you need to come back. And he's like, yeah. And she points out, but you went and put makeup on first. How long did that take? <laughs> sort of implying that he could have been back. Important, okay. He could have been back a lot sooner if he hadn't stopped to put his face on. <laughs> and his, his corpse makeup looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, as far as corpse paint goes. It looks as cool as it can look, I guess. <laughs> 
He goes off and he attacks the cult with chainsaw in each hand, right? Stop the chant. And meanwhile, Brody is trying to play the song. Actually, he's not trying to play the song. No, I'm not even sure I'm in the right tuning. So he's like standing there dicking around trying to tune his guitar and Dion gets lost in the house and he gets killed and then Giles gets his arms ripped off. So it's really just Brody and Medina, right? She's she's trying to protect him or defend him while he tries to play his guitar but someone gets too close. He just drills him with the drill on the end of his mm-hmm. guitar. Somehow that shit still works. I don't know. <laughs> Zach has found his, he's hit his stride, right? He's killing demons and shit left and right. Goes outside the house. He's killing him in the yard. He's killing zombies everywhere. Not zombies, demons. <laughs> yeah. You're going to that a lot aren't you <laughs> well, fuck you're supposed to kill zombies with a chainsaw anyway so <laughs> medina's defending brody while he's tuning his damn guitar and this is when the cult attacks so now zach and medina like they get together and they're both fighting these guys off but now it's 3 a.m clearly they're not observing daylight savings because <laughs> it happens there's a light comes down from the sky and just when it's about to hit zach kills the lady cult leader. So what was supposed to happen? A Alof supposed to enter the blackest soul nearby when he comes to Earth. So who do you think that was? It was Zach. Our boy Zach. It was Zach. So now he's possessed by Alof. Now here's the interesting thing. Have you ever seen that movie Legend? No. Okay. So I want you to picture a normal person with Tim Curry's head and horns on him. Because that's kind of what it <laughs> I mean like. I'm aware of his his uh Satan makeup or like if demon I makeup. Was, if I was going to criticize any effects in this whole movie, it would be this one. Uh, the mask was a bit 90s, kind of. Because that was the whole thing. Yeah. It was Zach with a foam rubber head on. Yeah. Like, they did such a good job. And then they get to the end and they were just like, ah, fuck it, wear this. <laughs> I just don't get it. But it was it was cheesy. It, it was not. Yeah. They could have done. They, I don't know. If, I, if, I know that we were, when we were talking about Psycho Gore Man, that we were handing a lot of praise over to um, them having such Power Ranger-y type stuff in it. But I feel like that's what that movie was trying to go for. Whereas this movie, I mean, yes, it's a comedy, but they're obviously trying to take the horror part of it seriously. And it just, that particular effect did not work for me. They were doing such a good job till right then. (laughs) I just don't, I don't get it. It's just like, that's the choice. Like somebody sitting around editing, they didn't come back and go, we should reshoot that. (laughs) Hell, when they were filming it, they didn't look at the costume and go, yeah, that's not going to work. But either way. You need Screaming Mad George from Tales from the Hood that we talked about last week to do your devil makeup. No, you don't need to get Screaming Mad George. They just need to keep doing what they've been doing for the whole movie. Like, they've been doing it for 85 I'm just saying, minutes. They just need Satan, to do spend that much effort on the last five minutes. That is some Satan makeup that fucking worked, though. It did. It did pretty good. But either way, Zach gores Brody with one of his horns, like stabs him through the stomach with it, and grabs Medina. Well, Brody ain't about to have that shit. So he staggers to his feet, grabs his guitar, and this is when all it comes out. The dude can play. Yeah. And he just starts shredding that guitar. He's playing it. And if he's not playing the song, he's not playing the black hymn at all. No. When he first starts. And Zach even points it out. He's like, you gotta play the black hymn backwards, dumbass. And you think, does he even know the music? Can he play it backwards? Right. And then he does. And it still sounds good, even backwards. So Zach returns to I normal. I thought he was just playing something random. But at thought... first he was, and then he transitions into it. Okay. So Zach returns to normal, as normal as Zach can be. And Brody runs over to him, and he's fighting, and he's like, Aloth's still in here. He's like, you gotta kill me. I'm trying not to change, but I can't hold him back. It's very dramatic. <laughs> I was thinking of Cartman when he was trying, he was knocking into walls and all that shit, trying to get the, what was it? He was either trying to knock the evil out of him or the good out of him or whatever. I have no idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think I saw that one. I thought that was the Caesar Milan episode, but I could be wrong. I don't know, but that one is good. <laughs> Maybe we should do a series on South Park. <laughs> so, in the beginning, and we skipped over this part, when Zach and Brody first meet, they get razor blades, they cut their hands, they do the secret handshake with the devil horns, uh-huh. and they're basically blood brothers, and then they took these razor blades, and they're wearing them on a necklace around, around their necks. They're wearing them on a chain around their necks. So, Zach grabs, or Brody grabs Zach's and uses that to cut Zach's throat. Yeah. And ends it. Saves the day. The clouds lift. I would say everything goes back to normal, but half the people in the town are dead. So it really doesn't go back to normal. And we jumped to two months after the fact. Not that we want any kind of jarring transitions in this movie, and we haven't been doing (laughs) them for the last hour, but that's what we're going to do. We're just going to jump to two months later. Brody and Medina are together. He's laying on bed with his shirt off. And first thing you notice is that there's no scar. He got (laughs) stabbed through the stomach by a giant bullhorn, and there's no scar. Right. Like, he's fucking Wolverine or something. (laughs) And Medina has had a oh what do you call it she's a hell of a makeover <laughs> yeah makeover <laughs> she's got dyed her hair and she's got tattoos yeah she's a full metal girl now yeah she's wearing like a band shirt with the sleeves cut off but she kisses him she's like i gotta go she leaves and then the wind starts blowing ominously electricity dances across the stereo and you hear zach's voice come out of it nah just kidding he was just fucking with brody <laughs> So Zach's still there watching over him. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. That's where they cut it off. Yeah. Like, I guess it's a happy ending. Yeah. Except that I guess Brody's being haunted by Zach. Well, and at the end of the credits, uh, which are pretty much animated like our opening titles. And they're great. At the at the end of the movie, or I mean, there's a post-credit scene where Zach's basically telling him who all he's playing music with or, or what musicians he's meeting in heaven or hell. I don't think he specifies which one he's in, so I can only make an assumption, but... But, um, but yeah, so yeah, that's it. What, what? Well, in the words of Mimi, grandma's going to burn in hell forever. <laughs> so what were your favorite parts about this movie? So you guys have found us in a rare instance, and this is probably not going to continue to happen, but you found me in a rare instance where Travis actually likes this movie more than I do. Um, the first time I watched it, I loved it. I was laughing my ass off. Um, I was just basically sitting through the whole movie going, laughing and being like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck did I just watch? And just, you know, I had a blast with it. And then for some reason, second and third time in even doing my research for for this episode, it didn't hit the same way as it did that first time. I mean, there's there's something to be said about going into a movie blind where you don't know what's going to happen at all. And so there were a lot of things that were funny and shocking. Um, But a few times around, it was like, yeah, okay. So I did really, I love coming of age stories. Like, those are some of my favorite movies. Um, but, like I said in the beginning, I felt like it was over-tropey. Um, it was over-stereotypey, if that's even a word. But I did really like our main characters. Brody, in particular, I think that actor's really great. And I hope that we see more things from him in the future. I was really excited when he popped up in Guns Akimbo. I was like, hey, that's that guy from Deathgasm. Um, so, he's great. And I thought Zach was great. And I'm really bummed out that these guys haven't done more work. So one of the things that I've noticed about movies from New Zealand since you bring that up is that they do really good New Zealand movies. Movies in New Zealand, but you really don't see them anywhere else. I think that's kind of sad. Yeah, but my my dislikes, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I'm just, I'm getting to a point, I guess, where the low hanging fruit and the low brow humor is not really my forte anymore. It's because I'm an old woman. So 
Um, I don't know. Like I said, it just kind of didn't hit me right this time. Um, I noticed too, uh, upon multiple watches, the pacing's kind of off. Like you have everything moving so quickly, like jarringly quickly at the beginning. And then you get to a point in the film where it just really slows down and almost, I don't want to say it's a slog to get through, but it just feels like there was a really jarring change of pace. Other than that, it's, it's fun. It's a really fun movie. I would suggest it to anybody that's a fan of Evil Dead um, or a fan of Dead Alive or metal movies. It is. It's a good time. You know, it did it just didn't hit me right second, you know, second, third time. But it is, I would still recommend it like really highly. Like it's go watch it for sure. So I like this movie a lot. And maybe it's just because I'm a guy, but I'm okay with the lowbrow humor. <laughs> I, I just... I don't know, it doesn't bother me. And I like it every time. It's definitely a movie that in order for the jokes and stuff to land, you need to give it a little bit of time in between watches. You know what I mean? Like, you do need to kind of let those jokes rest so that they're fresh when you come back around. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree that the change of pace is dramatic. Mm -hmm. You go from a high school movie to Evil Dead, right? Mm -hmm. And I would have been okay with either one, to be honest with you. Like, if it had just continued with him and, and David and Zach kind of going at each other mm-hmm. and it was just a high school movie with the jokes and, and the metal versus whatever in it I could I could watch that mm-hmm. movie and if it was just them killing demons I could watch that movie but the transition's pretty quick yeah uh, I would have liked to have seen them maybe spend a little more time with the characters you know Dion and Giles because they were both funny mm-hmm. they both had some good lines in the movie mm-hmm. maybe give me more of that all in all I, I just I like it I think that the uh, the shots were good the way they used the camera was good the way they uh, the the way that the angle was, the, the way they shot each scene, I think was really good. I like the transitions, you know, where they incorporate like the, the notebook art into mm-hmm. things was good. The, the opening credits, the end credits that, like I said, Beavis and Butthead meet Metalocalypse sort of it mesh. It definitely sets a tone. You, you, you know what you're in for right from the jump. Yeah, but see, I'm a metal guy, so that's that's kind of my thing anyway. But it worked for me. I think the effects were great. Yeah. yeah. Except for... Zach's demon mask and that was shit but just forget that happened it was good having said that I am also aware that this is a movie that I like that is not going to be for everyone mm-hmm. uh, you need to go into this movie with an open mind it's definitely gonna be better the first time around I-, I would say you need to watch it but rent it first wouldn't you agree yeah well I don't think anybody just buys movies before they've even seen them have they <laughs> you do not before I've seen it I bet no. you uh, okay, I bet I can think of one which I don't know any horror movie no I always watch a movie first before I buy I'm going to come up with one <laughs> later. No. I'll remember it later. No, I don't want to be stuck with shit. <laughs> so, either way, I, I I don't know. I think it was going to think you should totally give it a watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And if you got it's Prime, fun. If you got Prime, you can watch it for free. Yeah. I mean, shit, you don't have to spend the money. Yeah, and we brought it up, like, uh, an episode ago or so. The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, he he covers Deathgasm, and I love Joe Bob. So, his commentary before, throughout... After is always worth it. Because you get anal bead foo and <laughs> dildo foo and vibrator foo and chainsaw foo. Yeah. Art of arcing. If you've never seen Joe Bob, you don't know what that is. But if you've seen it, you know. <laughs> but anyway, 
that's really about it for us, which is interesting. We both give it a watch, so it's not going to be that way every time, especially going into October. As we get closer to October, we're going to be tackling some of the bigger titles in horror movies. Yeah, so guys... And I'm not a fan of the slasher. I'm going to give you a quick disclaimer here, and I am welcome to any of your feedback and opinions, but I have really been struggling with tackling the big three, and anybody who's a horror fan knows who the big three are. I have such a hard time wanting to cover those because I feel like everybody covers those. You know what I mean? So if you, if you want me to, if you're like, Ashley, but dude, I got to hear it from you, then by all means, I will cover it. Well, as it stands right Right now, we're only looking to cover the ones that all the big names avoid. Like right. Halloween 3, I think, is on our list because people say it's not a Halloween movie. Right, but... I fucking love Halloween 3, so it's getting but covered. But it's still a good movie. Oh, yeah. It's worth it for Tom Atkins alone. But, yeah, we've <laughs> talked about this quite a bit, and there's nothing that we're going to be able to tell you about the first Halloween movie that you don't know. There's that you haven't we're gonna be able already to tell heard. You about the first Friday the 13th you haven't heard a hundred times from as many different people. So, I mean, other than just getting our take on it, there's no new information really to be had there. So we that's, that's the reason we kind of go after these movies that people haven't really seen much or haven't received the press or the, haven't had the time under them. So. Right. Cause we, we like to share with you guys maybe some underrated movies or hidden gems, you know, stuff that might broaden your horizons a little bit. You know, we don't we don't like to keep covering old old ground. You know what I mean? Well, it, some of the best movies that we've seen are movies that we had never even heard of before. Right. You remember yeah. the first time we watched Old Boy, the original uh, Korean? Fuck yes. I was One like, holy shit, where has this movie been? Yeah, right. Because it was a fantastic movie and we just heard about it from somewhere else yeah. that had recommended it and said this is a good movie movie, but you didn't see that shit on TV. Well, it's funny enough, it, we were kind of going through that kind of J-horror phase where we were, or extreme underground movies, you know, we're Let me basically... tell you folks, Korea goes there. <laughs> they get some fucked up stuff. Well, so does Korea. Like That's what I said. Oh, you Korea. said Korea. I'm sorry. Yeah. So does Japan. Those guys make some of the most fucked up shit I've ever seen in my life. A lot of people don't consider Old Boy to be a horror movie, myself included. So, but I don't it's know... damn good. If, I don't know if this one will ever cover... But damn, is it good. Well, Such the point movie. is, is that we try to cover those movies that maybe people have never heard of before. Right, right. And that's the reason we do some of the movies that we do. If you've ever questioned that, you probably haven't. But. So next week, we are going to cover a more well-known one. And that is because last week, Travis and I went on opening night to go see Candyman 2021. So can we talk about that? No spoilers. Can we talk about the new Candyman? Uh, not right now, but... <laughs> Why not? Because next week, we are going to be reviewing the 1992 Candyman. And after we wrap that up, I feel like we can go into our first impressions of this new, what are they called, spiritual sequel directed by Nia Costa, which I will go ahead and say right now, fucking great. If you haven't already been to see it, go watch it. Please go watch it. But... Having so, said that, yeah. Disclaimer: When we cover that movie, it's not going to be there's there's it's not going to be a spoiler review. Like we're going to have to wait for that thing to come out again, watch it, do the notes to really really explore it, dive but. into it. Yes, because there's a lot to say about that movie. Yeah. But going back to uh, underappreciated films, after we cover Candyman, I think we're gonna we're we are gonna tackle. Uh, event horizon and for the last week of september but for the month of october or spooky season we're gonna start with halloween 3 and work to halloween h2o for the month of october because again i feel like why do you hate me why do I, <laughs> I feel like 
those movies, part three and on, do not get the credit that they, they deserve. Yes, any horror fan worth their salt knows how epically wonderful the first Halloween is. We know. We get it. But there are other good entries in that list. Are they great? No. Fuck no. Not even close. But there still are some great films in that series. I believe that part three is one of those. I believe that part four is one of those. The others, meh. But we're going to cover them anyway. (laughs) So... So just, be on the lookout for that. And eventually we'll make our raid around to Predator 2 starting in November. Yeah, we're going to have some big contrasts of opinion, I think. And I'm going to try <laughs> not to shit on them too much. But, like, you can't put Josh Hartnett in a horror movie. <laughs> sure well, you can. Well, you couldn't when he was a teenager. 30 Days of Night was good. Okay, sure you can. It was called... What's, what the fuck is that movie called? I'm I don't so- know, super fan. You tell me. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> this is what happens when you record at midnight. <laughs> The faculty. He was fucking great in the faculty, okay? So, which I believe was actually shot before Halloween H2O, but um, H2O had a harder time getting out. So, God, this is going to be tough. <laughs> we don't have to do the Busta Rhymes Halloween, do we? Oh, hell no. Oh, thank you. Unless we're planning on doing a riff track in the future. Well, I got plenty of material for that shit. <laughs> Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to rip on that one, and it's got Tyra Banks in it, and I'll still rip on it. <laughs> It was fucking awful. <laughs> but anyway, so before we let you go, having given you that long spiel, because we don't have a, a patron uh, account set up yet, because we don't feel like we've earned that privilege yet. So we're going to go ahead and give you, you know, our next round of movies, let you guys know what to get excited for and all that. So having said all that, I will move into our content creator of the week. And this week, I'm going to give it to YouTube channel Stitched together pictures. This guy, I believe his name's Andy, or at least his character's name's Andy, and he's got two other personalities, and it's funny. they All of his personalities interact with each other, and he reviews films, and then he's got another special segment called Boots to Reboots, basically where he compares, I mean, it's obvious, he compares an original film to its remake, and if he doesn't like the remake, it gets the boot. Really funny stuff, guys, so please get on YouTube, Check them out. But I think that's going to do it for us this week. Okay, I got one more thing about Candyman. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't done yet about Candyman. About the new one. So if you haven't watched it yet and you're trying to decide if you want to, don't pull up any of the bullshit on YouTube before you go watch it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely agree. Because I've seen some reviews that kind of agree, I think, with the way Ashley and I look at it. And I've seen some that are highly, highly critical of it um, and its subject matter. Others that are highly fucking offensive. And some of them that are just terrible. I would say, don't listen to any of that shit. Go watch it and make up your own mind. Yes. Because it is a fairly complex movie. Yes. Don't don't let other people make up your mind before you've even gone to see it. So, because Ashley and I were sitting right next to each other and we both took something different away from that movie. And yeah, just go watch it. Don't don't let any of these YouTube reviewers make up your mind for you. Go see it and make up your own mind. Yeah. Because hopefully it's coming out, what, on HBO or something like yeah, that? Yeah, in, in a, a couple month of or months. So. I think and it's a month. Maybe then I'll be able to talk you into doing a spoiler review. Because unlike oh, you don't the first have to one, talk me into it. Because I don't. <laughs> the first one's not on my top ten list at all. Well, I it really should liked, be. I really liked this one. Yeah, this movie was fucking good. So, all right, you can close this out now. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll stop interrupting. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> anyway, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm your host, Wayne, and with me, as always, is Garth. <laughs>
Can't use my words today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. I did that. No. The many sh- sub the can't talk. They go back to to Byron Brody. Why can't I get his damn name right? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> From a I don't know. I'm not a film student. We the, say that a lot in this show. <laughs> I know, but I'm not because I don't know how to describe it. Anyway, guys, we'll see you next week. We'll talk. We'll yeah. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Are we done now? Are we done?